So you're not the salesy, pushy type, but you are running a business and you do need to sell. So maybe building a community where you really slow burn that no like trust ingredient is the way forward. But what kind of a community? Some kind of membership site that's paid or a free Facebook group? Hmm, I wonder. Let's dig into this, shall we? Because I have a cracker of a guest for you. Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. I'm Trisha Lewis, your host. You're going to hear from fascinating individuals, mainly small business owners, who not only have story and skills to share, they also keep it real. This is a place of non-shouty, non-salesy, unsquashing conversations where your curiosity will be fed. I am thrilled to celebrate episode 100, yay, by having someone back who was a guest on episode 18, which is pretty much two years ago. Now, I've been in touch with this person ever since. We've met each other. We're we're friends. And her name is Jules White. She is an award-winning international sales and business consultant. She champions the non-salesy way of selling using what she calls, this is her term, your UHP, Unique Human Proposition. She's the author of the wonderful Live It, Love It, Sell It. She's been on Dragon's Den, One Investment. She, oh, let's just get on with this. She's just a really down-to-earth, fabulous human being. I've got a terrible feeling that I'm going to struggle to stop talking to, to or with rather, Jules, um, because she's just a treasure trove of fascinating stuff. So, so let's try and keep it within boundaries. Jules, it's so good to have you. Oh, it's so lovely to see you and to be back, Tricia, to be back. Yes. I know. Well, I, I had to, you know, 100th episode, it's a special one. And I could have, you know, I have lots of special guests, but there was something that I, I sort of did a little thought. I thought, well, yeah, but Jules, I've met in person. Um, it was a very early on sort of meeting of minds um, in my journey. And yes, and you've been a guest a long, long time ago in the distant past of those early episodes. So I thought, let's have our back. Because I know that we can unwrap some really, really useful stuff for listeners. Um, so before before we before we start, let's start on a really positive note, which is the your, your TEDx talk, which you did in Brighton. And we talked about this in the last episode. And it's now about three years ago, which probably just is crazy, isn't it? How time flies. But tell the listeners again what the title of that talk was. Yeah, so that talk was called There's No Such Word As Can't. And that was obviously, you know this, what my dad always said to me all the time. Uh, If ever I said, oh, I can't do anything or I can't do this, my dad would say, there's no such word as can't. And it was just ingrained, you know, and it was a legacy that he left in many ways. And he left another legacy. <laughs> I sounded like a slick DJ there, Jules. <laughs> Apart from you, of course, who are a legacy in and of yourself. He, he, so that's a good start, isn't it? There's no such thing, you know, forget the word can't. So it sounds 
trite sometimes maybe a bit of a cliche but it it's crucial when you're a small business owner because otherwise you'd give up on day two and a half probably so yeah, yeah. so yeah that resilience thing is is important but it's not but we don't want to be trite about it because it is hard so the other legacy your dad left you was this idea of the high street and this is going to get us into a really interesting talk about how you can build a community and it will feel a lot less painful to, in inverted commas, sell. We'll talk about why I've put that in inverted commas, maybe Jules, um, when you've got that community or even a membership group. So yeah. those are the things we're going to chat about in this fascinating episode. So, yeah, just give us that, that little intro into the high street story. Yeah, so I, I think I always thought at some point I would create a membership because it made a lot of sense. You know, I teach people how to fall in love with sales. Sales is that horrible, icky, yucky word. And I come at it from a very different angle, that human connection and that natural conversational aspect of what I believe sales is. And I learned that from dad. I grew up watching my dad run a sweet shop on the high street parade, you know, uh, where everyone went and did their shopping, Trisha, in my day. They didn't go to the big supermarkets. They went actually to the local shops. And my dad, John, everybody knew John. He just served his customers. They came in, he knew their names. He knew what they bought. There was such a wonderful sense of community that I grew up with and I saw, and I loved the feeling and the energy of all of that. And so that's just stayed with me. And I thought, well, that's actually where I fell in love with sales. You know, when you really look back, so when I finally got round to starting a membership, which was actually last September, coming out of the back of that horrible summer of pandemic and, you know, well, the year of pandemic we'd had, I thought, oh, I'll start a membership now. This will be a good time because people need it now. You know, they want to connect. They want a community. What shall I do with it? I didn't want it to be like any other membership. So I thought, I'll create a high street of shops and each shop will represent something I give of value in the membership. So the sweet shop where you do all your learning, the pick and mix of lessons, the coffee shop where you meet and everybody shares their thoughts and their questions, the box office where you go and book your tickets to the live events, the music shop the gallery where you can download inspirational pictures. I mean, it goes on. We've got a tech shop now. That's our newest shop, you know. The thing that's so lovely about this is I keep building on this and I get very excited because my creative juices <laughs> just flow. You know, I can create a shop for anything, Trisha. <laughs> Uh, yes. well, well I don't know how far you're going to go with this because we, we may we maybe will leave some shops out um we might <laughs> we've even talked about a pet shop where people can share pictures of their animals I mean come on <laughs> brilliant but do, you, do you know what you've just said also this creative juices thing because I think I certainly resonate hugely with that. And I, I'm sure people who listen to this podcast will, you know, it is a really, really important part of, of motivating ourselves in business because 
that that's what gets that's what gets me through the times when I'm thinking, what the heck am I doing? What's the point of this? Look, I've only got one one view on this post or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's the I'm going to work on this. I'm going to spend all day indulging because I've got this day with nothing else in it, and I'm going to create something. And that does keep you going. It's it's not a job when you're doing that. It's yeah. pure joy. But also, I was thinking when you were talking about these shops. I guess we've all got, because the last thing we want everybody to do is say, oh, I've got to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have this shop. And the, No, the point is you've just told the story that it came from this real place yeah. um, with your dad and your experience. And you painted that picture so beautifully. I was, I was <laughs> there. Um, but, but so we've all got our thing. So, yeah. so say, for instance, just to give just to give listeners a, a little bit of a thought nudge. So potentially for me, I don't know, but it could be something like I could, you know, I could slice up the brain or something into different segments. And those could be the, you know, so just think creatively listeners, yeah. because I think we've got a little, little tip there. Oh, right. I, okay. I, I need to just I need to throw at you something yeah. that came right into my head when you were talking about yours because obviously your wonderful book is all about uh, Inspector Lewis and the detective and solving you know all of these mysteries for me I kind of think in Cluedo kind of oh, scenario. I you can't know. do this I can't do this interview anymore I've got to go off, <laughs> I've got to go off and be creative You've literally, oh my God, I, I was, oh, my creative juices have gone into overload. But look, see, listeners, that's how it works. You have to give yourself time to have these rather crazy, almost, almost childish, silly, playful, yeah. don't you? Yes, be childish. Because the thing about this is it's about our uniqueness, which I know we're going to talk about, you know, the whole UHP stuff that I keep banging on about your unique human proposition. Um, because USP for me was something that's drummed into me in my sales training. And it used to drive me nuts. And I thought, actually, it's not about that. It's about unique human proposition because we're all beautifully unique. And so I feel like if you're gonna do anything in terms of creating products, and even our service-based businesses create products. So that's what we do, it's productization. It makes it easier for people to buy from us then think about who you are, your personality, where you've come from, your stories, because that's then what you inject in to make it different and make it unique. And that's what happened with the high street. And that, as you say, Tricia, keeps me excited about the high street. And if I'm excited about it, then my members will be, you know, it's, it's that whole knock on effect. You, you see so many sort of groups begin and end or peter out or whatever and you can kind of tell that the person who created them maybe just was doing it because they thought they should it was a box yeah. they should tick yeah. yeah we don't want that no we're not no you've got to have you will not keep something like this going it's interesting you were talking about your dad and your feeling about the conversational um quality of selling and i thought actually how much our past influences so me putting selling in inverted commas and I, I apparently always used to and I still do occasionally put money in inverted commas as well yeah. so I thought well hang on a minute what did my dad do when it came when it came to sales well he was ultimately the chairman of a huge company called Birdseye and 
that was about the big marketing guns, the huge advertising budgets, the sell, 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 you know, little sneaky tricks to get those in those days, housewives to buy the fish fingers, etc. And I suspect along that route, and I also went into advertising for a brief period, well, for quite a few years, actually, myself back in the 80s. So I think I probably have been slightly scarred by that in your face, you know, tricksy stuff. Um, so that's why I react like that. So every one of all of our potential clients and customers, et cetera, have got their baggage, their story, and they will all react differently. So bringing people together, I've done it again, I'm literally, I'm auditioning to be a DJ. Um, so bringing people together in a community allows for all those different voices to be Oh. Yeah, yeah, totally does. Yeah, I love that, Tricia. And, you know, we are scarred, not just by perhaps our childhood memories, but also being badly sold to by scripted and trained to death salespeople. You know, you've got to remember, I've been in sales for 30 years and I had every training, I think, that was even going in terms of sales training. I've seen every single step of the sales and boy, there's a lot of them. <laughs> And I didn't want to do that, you know? I didn't want to do that stuff. Do you remember, for most people, this is ancient history. Do you remember the Clean Easy setup? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was when people came door to door. This is door to door selling, basically. Yeah. And they had yeah. like a sort of suitcase full of yeah. mops and cloths and dusters and things. Yeah. And they just open it up. Any of these, any used to you today? Um, again, it was generally housewives because we're going back to the 60s and 70s, whatever. Um, and if they were, you bought. If they weren't, you didn't. And off they went. Well, actually, weirdly, that wasn't such a stupid idea, was it? No. And you remember I had a business, Truly Madly Baby, which was the business I took into Dragon's Den. And that was around the time I had my son. And that was all about beautiful baby products that we took into ladies' houses and we touched and we felt and we discussed the, the aspect of the products, the safety of the products, you know, and that was how we sold with that trust and confidence. Um, I mean, there was other levels to that because then we were a community in essence of mums together, all with the same problem, all with, the, you know, supporting each other. It's so interesting, isn't it, how that was absolutely a community type of mm. sales model that I created even back then. Because for me, it, was all, it wasn't about that pushy sell to someone who actually didn't really want to buy what you've got. It was that connection of solving a problem, but on a human basis. You know, yeah. the, people, the people who came to buy from my dad in the shop, Tricia, had another news agent 200 yards up the road from that shop. And they came back to dad's shop. And sometimes they walked past that other shop to come to dad's shop. And there's a reason for that, isn't there? You know? So important. And again, for people slipping into the comparisonitis trap, that's such an important thing to take on board. Just, just remember that, that there, are, there will be thousands of people doing what you do, especially if you're a coach yeah. um, you know, or a wellness advisor or whatever. There are so many, there will be thousands, thousands, yeah. millions globally yeah. um and so you have to remember what jules 
just beautifully painted that picture and you and we we know because we do it ourselves we go to a certain cafe we go to a certain place and it's exactly the same thing really yeah but yeah, we're all difference. buyers we're all yeah. buyers aren't we Trisha at the end yes. of the day you know so. yeah reverse engine yeah flip the coin or whatever yeah. you know that and think how do, why do I react like that to this place and not that place why yeah so a community so starting a community or a membership there's two slightly different things so community what comes under the the sort of list if you like of ways of starting a community do you think yeah so I guess you're thinking of a community are you as like a, perhaps a Facebook um place to go together is that what you're mm. thinking Trisha? well yeah I think or, or yeah there's so there's events I guess like networking there's yeah. networking groups yeah. aren't there yeah, and then there's, there's yeah, yeah. And then there's free free groups, which is kind of your Facebook, uh, LinkedIn are still, I think, trying to get the groups thing going. It's not quite as quick as some would, would want. Um, it's interesting building a free community. And I'm going to I'm going to section it that way because membership for me is a paid community. Um, and I still think it's community, by the way. But it's just a different aspect. Now, with the free community, of course, it's free. And that word on its own, which is not one of my favorite words, as you know, Trisha, means that I won't necessarily value it. I haven't had to pay anything for it. So I'll come and go. And that's the big part of building the free type of communities is that they're quite hard work to keep people engaged because people don't really have a commitment to come back to them. And the reason they come back to them is engagement is because it's different, because it feels fun, because they feel part of a community. That's why they come back. When you've got a paid community, they paid each month. Now, it doesn't mean to say they still come back, by the way, because some people pay and they don't use it to its full value, but they're much more likely to because they've paid some money towards it. So it's, it's easier to engage with it because they've actually committed to pay for it. So, so the difference is quite interesting, I think, in terms of dynamics. And the free community side of things, you've got to then say, as a business person, what is the value to me in my business to create a free community? Does it then feed my business for paid work? Is it because I want to be popular? Is it because I think it'll be fun? You know, this is this is kind of real chat, Trisha, because free groups are often um, a place where I believe entrepreneurs and business people spend a lot of time running and don't always reap rewards from and ultimately we're running a business so what we should really think is if we start a free environment or community we should be looking to see how it filters back into our paid business absolutely and of course podcast comes into that yes it does yeah, yeah. it totally does yeah, yeah. i mean I, I i could easily say so i could say okay, I don't make any money. It costs me money to do this podcast. But because of the way I've approached it and kept going with it and evolved with it and all the rest of it, it actually probably does feed my business in maybe quite subtle ways, but it broadens my network beyond a place that I would ever imagine globally. You know, yeah. you, you find yourself able to have guests ultimately if you if you do it well who you know you've got their book on your shelf or well, like you I've got your book on my shelf Yay, there it is 
Um, but you know, you all sorts of people that I would have never thought of daring to ask to connect in another sort of way. You know, I wouldn't just send them a message saying, oh, hi, I'm Trisha, it'd be lovely to get to know you. But the podcast is, gives an amazing vehicle for that. Um, not only that, I learn a lot from my guests. So in many ways, it's personal development, which is yeah. part of your business budgeting in a way. So, yeah, you're right. You mustn't forget that that is a big part of you running a business. And so if it becomes a sort of, I mean, I've I've had experiments, you know, and I did an improv slash networking experiment um, a few years back. And I thought this will this will be good. It's different. It's me. It, you know, it's going to get people together. That and people did pay something like ten quid a, a, a an event, yeah. but then it became woolly and there were the purpose of it was all over the shop some people wanted it as a social gathering some people wanted it as like a sort of drama group <laughs> you know it was and, and the people that wanted it as networking didn't think they were getting enough sort of businessy stuff out of it so it was yeah it so I walked away from it and I think we also have to be able to do that do you agree yeah. oh yeah totally I had a group when I started the business so my business started four years ago April just gone so I'm sort of on my way to my fifth year. And I started a group on Facebook called Live It, Love It, Sell It. And um, I think it was called something else before that, you know, and I can't remember what. How funny is that? But the Live It, Love It, Sell It group uh, ran for about two, two and a half years, maybe three years even. And I started to feel like I wasn't engaged with it. I wasn't engaged with it, you know, and that's the interesting bit, Trisha. So you're going to have people who come and go, people who, who dip in and out. You're going to get that. But when you start being in disengaged with what you're doing, that's a massive flag to say, right, do I need to stop it? Do I need to reinvent it? You know, why am I doing it? The big why question. So what I decided to do was actually create an, a brand new group called the Sales Hub. It was much more about sales. It had sales in the title. And I've done new things with it. I rebranded at the same time. Everything just felt exciting because mm. I almost started again. And from that group, I have a, a monthly Hubster Huddle, which is like a networking Zoom event. You know, you don't pay to come to it. It's free. But I love it. It's great. And it's a small little group of people who come to that every month. And I absolutely have had business from it. I've had business from that group. And I know I have. Whereas the last group, I'm not sure I could have told you that. It, it was fun, Trisha. Mm. But I couldn't necessarily say I'd had business from it. And it is really important. But it's not about pushy sales in a, when you do a free group. It's about you showing up, but creating value so that people then are interested at the right time to then come with you to that next place of perhaps paying you to work with you. That, that's for me what, what it's about. It, yeah, and you're right, it's at that right time. I, I, you know, you keep, I keep coming back to that. It's like, you know, people don't walk into a sweet shop every day of the week, you know, they walk into them when they, when they want the sweets. And if it's there and it's easy to find and you like the experience of being in there, there you yeah. go, you're in it. Yeah. Um, and, and you like the person that's running it, you know, all of that stuff. And they've got a good selection, the kind yeah. that you like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's all of those things. I, I love it when you visualize using other sort of, it's interesting you talked about memberships I was thinking of course gyms those are the the big Typical thing one, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
still doing in January? <laughs> yep. February the 1st? I haven't been yet. <laughs> uh -oh. I know yeah. it's so difficult to cancel in some of them. I remember my son actually got some credit rating black mark because he thought he'd cancelled by just cancelling his standing order and then realised, no, he hadn't done it officially. So he was like, oh, my gosh. Um, this, but this yeah. Is a, this is a very interesting point, actually, because coming on to like a paid membership mm -hmm. kind of discussion, it is a different animal. And a lot of them are kind of plugins to websites or platforms, and they naturally work on a recurring um, option of payment. So as soon as you join, you'll put your card in. This is generally how they work. And that payment will recur each month, and you do have to cancel it. But one of the things that I've loved about my membership, because I, I haven't got millions of members, Trisha, it's still a small community, quite like that, actually. Um, but if somebody, has ever wanted to leave they've literally messaged me direct now I know that's because I'm small and I'm you know uh, accessible let's say but they've messaged me direct and I have helped them to leave now I know that sounds really strange but actually it wasn't right for them they weren't engaged with it they didn't want to carry on they're still in my free group I haven't lost them they haven't gone forever they may come back again and I think that's what this is all about it's that human stuff someone wants to leave it's okay it's okay they've been there they've got what they wanted they may want to go that's good absolutely great yeah. tip because making it making it hard or awkward or embarrassing or any of those things becomes a real a real point of friction and in fact I was just listening to a podcast about um obstacles to change and all the rest of it and and there's a lot about friction and I was thinking how well that applies to all of this human stuff that you talk about is removing the friction so removing the things that make it difficult in some way or another mm. and and I guess the human thing is is a huge part of that making it easier because instead of maybe booking a, a virtual cuppa call or a discovery call or a consultation, whatever we want to call it. Oh, um, instead, you know, you're, you're way more likely, I think, to do that if you think you're just going to be having a, guess what, human conversation. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know, we're, hu we're human, right? And so that brings an awful lot of complications because we're very interesting, aren't we, us humans? And often cancelling something like a membership or saying I don't need something anymore is, is very much internal more than external. You know, I think if you communicate, because there's the other word that goes with all of this is communication, then we can understand why someone wants to do something. And it's much easier to just move forward, isn't it? You know, um, and this is all much easier to talk about than it is to do, by the way, Trisha, yeah. as we know. But it is about us keep flagging it. Look, come on, guys, let's chat. Let's talk. You know, it's good to talk. <laughs> let's talk. Exactly. So the so the key, the key ingredients, I guess, the things to jot down if you're brainstorming the idea of creating some form of community or community and then maybe a membership or community and membership or membership and not community the the the, the ingredients that you the, those bullet points you need to put on your flip chart or whatever that you need to really figure out what what would you say well the first one is why why are you doing it 
because I think that's really important. So if it's a free community, are you doing it to, prove, to build your audience? Are you doing it to feed into your paid business? Are you doing it because you've got nothing else to do and you want to have some fun? You know, it doesn't matter why, but you do need to know why. Um, and on a, with my business head on, let's think about this being part of a feed into your paid business. I think that's a good idea. I also think then have some fun with it, you know, inject your personality and your UHP into it because then it will be different. It won't be the same as every other community. And that's why people will come and that's why people will stay. So I think that's really important. And you can have goals and outcomes as well if you want to. If you're quite an organized person who needs some targets and, and you know, objectives to aim at, then do that too. I'd like to have 500 members by the end of next year, for example, or, you know, I'd like to have 20 shops open in my high street. Whatever it is, if it drives you, do it. You see, yeah, if it drives you, do it. That's, that's good. I like that. You see... I guess you could call social media a community, but there is a fundamental difference, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. So, so this is, so you could say, oh gosh, don't give me another thing to do. You know, I, I, I show up on Twitter three times a day. I'm on LinkedIn posting every day, all sorts of very human things. And, you know, I'm doing all that stuff right and telling my story and, you know, um, and, and, you know, and then I'm, then I'm on Facebook and um, I, I'm in various, I'm in there, I'm in various groups on Facebook. People might say, so, you know, I haven't got the time to, to be faffing around doing this as well. You know, where, where yeah. am I? But there's a, but there's a difference, isn't there? To, I mean, one big difference being, would you say sort of ownership to a certain extent? Yeah, ownership and focus, you know, focus is a big one for me. Don't just do it because you think you should do it. This is back to that why thing. If you're going to do it, it's the project in essence. It's, it's for a reason to do it. That time is money if you're running a business. So if you're investing the time to do it, you need to think about what you're going to get back from doing it. And if it's a community of people who are then your cheerleaders who then bring you business to you, you know, there's lots of layers to this, Patricia, but you've got to feel like you know why you're doing it and what you're getting back from it, in my mind. Yeah, it can't just be another, oh, God, I, I, I'm scheduling on on HubSpot or whatever, my no. Twitter post, my this, my that, oh, God, now I've got to put a thing into the community page or whatever. No. Your audience will know if that's why you're doing it and that's how you're doing it. They, they will know. And, and, and on, a, on a slightly controversial note, <laughs> um, Facebook. Dun, 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 dun. So, right, I have such mixed feelings about Facebook. Obviously, I, I, it's one of my real struggling spots, um, which we won't go into. I'm not going to get on the psychiatrist's couch about Facebook. Um, but <laughs> on a serious practical note, is there an alternative? So would you be able to set this thing up just using your website, for instance? Yeah, yeah, you absolutely can. I mean, a membership, my membership is through my WordPress website. It's a plugin, it's called MemberPress. Um, it's quite a well-used one, I believe. Within that, I can create a forum and a forum would act as my coffee shop, which is where everybody goes to chat. I use Facebook as my coffee shop. I use a group. A private group because for one it's really easy and it's also free and it's also where people are hanging out so whether we like Facebook or not what we have to understand Trisha 
is that people are familiar with Facebook and they go there and that's their natural place they might visit every day. So then to visit a private group for their coffee shop is easier than saying, log into your website all the time and always come in there to do your chat. That might evolve. You know, Facebook are rebranding. There's all sorts of things happening at Facebook right now and we'll be left feeling a bit uncertain again, I'm sure, in the near future as to what Facebook's even going to do. So you can't you have they introduced a paid feature to the group thing or is that just I, courses or I heard that there was something around memberships that Facebook was doing but I, if I'm really honest I didn't get involved in it because no. I'd already got my plug in through my WordPress yeah so you so so you, would you say build build the build it and they will come would you say <laughs> build the community on something like, because it is the obvious place still, as Jules has just given me a little mini lecture, like it or not, that is where people <laughs> are. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I, I've made a note of that. So Jules said, <laughs> get over it, Trish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel the same in some ways, by the way, but yeah. It, but you're so, so, so wise about this. So, so would you say maybe in order of practicality, really think but number one think through the why as we said and and is it going to be fun and are you going to inject your own personality into it right and is it going to feed into your business or what is your reason for doing it and make it clear right so then would you say the order would be maybe to go for trying to start that community as in a private a private group um on facebook um which you get people into via your social media posts and conversations that you might have with people you know who then recommend it yeah because that's number one is getting you know when you set up a group on Facebook there's that there's that sort of invite all your connections thing which is a sort of rather it kind of is an obvious thing to do but it's equally a bit like you've got 60 million followers on Twitter but you've maybe bought half of them when you first set up so so they're not really you know what I'm going on about Jules yeah I mean I think when when I did if we're talking about my free group yeah. I, I usually do a thing once a month where I say invite a friend and I, I explain it in the way that invite someone that you think would benefit from being in the group so don't go out and spam all your 3,000 friends invite properly personally someone that you think would really enjoy our group you know and it's about isn't it language and positioning how you do this don't get spammy but actually Trisha I'm in this group I think you'd love it why don't you come and have a look it's free you know you've got a choice um so I think the free group building is is you can do lots and lots of things if we look at paid memberships you can actually start them thinking of say a Facebook group and build from there but you've got to think about things like payment putting content behind a payment wall making sure that actually you provide really good value so for me to go to a Facebook group do I feel like I pay I'm paying each month do I feel like that's okay that I'm back in a Facebook group it's it's there's lots mm. of things isn't there it's environment and things like that which is why I decided on member press because then where they go for everything bar the coffee shop they're in a, a very private individual space, which is our high street. No one can get in unless they've paid. It's on my website. So that's very cool. And it's not expensive. 
you go to some of these bigger platforms that do everything for you, it becomes very costly. So you can do that later when you know you've got a successful model and you've got members. But to start off with, personally, I'd say if you've got a WordPress site or a site where you can plug in a membership, go, go for that. That's, that's good advice. It's good practical advice because it's often talking about friction for, from our point of view as business owners. We often give up on an idea because it just seems too darn complicated, technically almost, you know, yeah. to, to, I mean, I've tried online course scenarios and and walked away again I mean I've given tons of value I've created tons of content um, and sort of done beta versions which people have enjoyed but but then I've walked away because I think oh I can't do this plug-in and it's going to cost a fortune and I'm not sure it's even going to oh etc so I so remove so something that's reasonably sensible practical and you've really thought through the reason why you're doing it and then as you say I guess the wrapping up on this one of the other pain points if you like from business owners thinking they might do this would be I, I suspect a lot of people are a bit like me and I suspect you're a bit like this too is the fear that we're going to feel we have to do too much give too much give loads of value because oh my god they're paying for it they're paying for it even if yeah. it's only 20 pounds a month i could see myself spending way too much time um chucking value it all over the shop so yeah any thoughts on that yeah i think you have to think about things like evergreen content um and i think you'll have this i know i have this where you've got content that actually won't particularly go out of date and all of my sweet shop lessons and I call them lessons because I feel like that's really fun um, they're just evergreen and they sit in the sweet shop and then I add new content now and again but actually there's I think at the moment there's probably near on 28 plus lessons in there Every lesson's got exercises attached, every lesson's got a quiz attached to the back of it, and then you earn points for your bank, because there's always a bank on the high street, um, where you can spend your points on whatever you want. So for me, it's about that evergreen content. Then you're not always making content every single day. The other thing is I do a weekly live event. It's great. It's once a week. I love it. And actually, I want to show up once a week, considering my members are paying. And then the other parts of it, to be honest, again, I'll just add in now and again, and I, I just keep it fresh. I'm not working on it every single day, seven days a week. I keep it fresh. I keep it creative. I'm about to open a Christmas shop just for oh. Christmas, just for Christmas. And everybody in the membership can put their Christmas offers in the shop and that will be closed after Christmas is gone. Oh, and I love it. I love it you know this is this is what I want people to do when they have a membership is I want them to love it I want them to create content that's evergreen that's of real good value so they are giving value for money you know don't don't start worrying that I've got to be there every single day it's actually about the bigger picture in a membership that's paid in my mind so yeah absolutely I mean I mean how many times have we said the word love it <laughs> Absolutely. That's why no. it's there. <laughs> Live it, love it, sell it. Oh, brilliant. So 
I mean, we we could. I mean, and your UHP. I, I'm trying to remember when we when you were last a guest on this podcast. I don't think you had come up with that, had you? No. So just give so. us in a nice little wrapping up nutshell here for people to take away what how you define this thing. Well, I think well, it's you, really. Your UHP is you, you know, and I talk about isms, but in a really positive way. So your quirky things, you know, might be the colour that you wear. It might be the words that you say. It may be you showing up as Inspector Lewis. You know, those memorable things that you think about when you've met a person, they are your parts of your UHP. And it is about you embracing your uniqueness. You know, some people might say, well, I'm a bit boring, really. I don't really wear very bright colors and I don't really, I'm a bit of an introvert, for instance. Just be you. You will be memorable by just being you. And I think that's what we fear sometimes. Comparatonitis, oh, I need to do this. The, the experts say, I have to do this, just be you. And people will know. And the right people will become your community and your tribe. And that's just a fact. You will be memorable by just being you. I've written that down. And amazingly, the gardeners have arrived for this block of flats where I lived and they've just started up the chainsaw. So this is great <laughs> prompt. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, listen just just on one other note yes. with, the, with the whole membership thing yes there's a big part of that we haven't talked about which is getting members to join or, well, or yes or enticing members to join. yes that's you know there, there's a big chunk that yeah. it might be a second episode yeah. at some point trisha but yes. you know it's about having a plan of um, I use webinars, I use challenges in my group, my free group on Facebook. Uh, I also um, had a founder member offer, which launched up that membership, which was I have never, ever offered since, ever, never will again. That was a one-off and it ran for seven days. And that's where your people who really want to join you, that's where they come in. And I love that. Honestly, I love they've that. stayed. They've stayed, Trisha, because they've had this great offer, but they've stayed and, and that's what you really want is that longevity. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. That, that is really important. And thank you, because that's dynamite tips, actually. That, that's brilliant. So listen, right, to wrap up the usual uh, way, we want, obviously, people to start to explore all this stuff you've got. So best first point of contact for all this? Uh, so live it, love it, sell it is the website. It's a .co.uk. Pretty much everything is on there. I have got a link tree link, which has then got my podcast, my book, my TEDx and the other bits and bobs. But you'll also find those on my website too. So go to the website. I think that'll be a good place to start. Excellent. And obviously anyone on who regularly is on LinkedIn, Jules is a fabulous person to be connected with. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as well. And I've got a sales road trip MOT quiz. And you have to put the link of that in, Trisha. It's so much fun. So you can take a quiz and see how good you are at sales. <laughs> oh, I love this. Yes, yes. Send me the link to that and I'll put it with the so-called show notes. <laughs> my, car, my car has just gone in for its MOT today. So this is um, synchronicity. Yeah, um, brilliant. <laughs> Let's hope it passes. Um, otherwise, <laughs> I'll have to set up a very expensive membership group. 
Oh, brilliant. Oh, this has just been a joy. This is this, listeners, has been the 100th episode of the Make It Real podcast. And I have been absolutely thrilled to have had this wonderful guest back again, Jules, your star. And I love you. Oh, and thank you for having me. I feel so honored to be your 100th episode guest. Yes! Inspired by that episode, how about some action beyond the words? Take this one small step. I think it's time for a bit of a back to basics. So if you're running some kind of a group on Facebook or something similar, are you enjoying it? Are you motivated to keep turning up or has it become, in a way, a bit of a habit that you slightly resent? So what's the alternative? Don't be afraid to just close it down politely and Take some time out to think, how could you do it your way? And is it going to be a paid site or a free site? And what's the secret source, your unique human proposition that you're going to put in it that will make it so much more fun for you and for the people who you want to engage in? Let's stay connected. Listen, I'm all about helping solo entrepreneurs, small business owners, make sure they have real communication impact as themselves. Anything that weakens their impact or creates the wrong impact, we sort. And my take on imposter syndrome is the squashed self. Have you heard of my book, The Mystery of the Squashed Self? It's got a lot of good reviews, so head over to Amazon to get your hands on the ebook or the paperback. And all the links, of course, to all of my resources are on trishalewis.com.